Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. everybody and welcome to the very first episode of Glory Days of Gold, your new favourite podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Lee Gillis. And we're hopefully going to entertain you for the next little while and this first episode of the show we thought we would just really just have the two of us on it explaining what we're all about, what we're looking to do and anything you want to hear let us know. But I, I guess first of all we should really introduce ourselves because there's there's going to be a lot of folk who listen to this that know us. There's going to be a, a lot of folks that listen to us that don't know us. So first of all, Lee, just let everyone know a little bit about yourself, how you became an East Fife fan, and just anything you want to talk about to do with that. I've had an affiliation with East Fife most of my life, um, thanks to my dad dragging me along when I was a wee boy. But um, I'm ashamed to admit that I was a a Rangers fan till I was in when I was in primary school. I did um, not know that. I know. No, I, I don't tend to tell many people. So I think that it was because obviously Rangers were like doing nine in a row at that point and you didn't want to be seen sort of splitting a rubbish team. Um, then I went to to high school and, you know, for me there was a lot of the, the sectarian stuff going on and I just wasn't interested in it. And I remember my dad saying to me, you know, I saying to my dad, oh, would you take me to Ibrox? He's like, Lee, there's no way I'm driving you through to Glasgow to watch Rangers when there's a team down the road that's begging for your support. So you want to go watch the football, you come to East Fife with me because he was going. So I went to East Fife from a, a young age. My, my first game was actually, ironically enough, um, versus Rangers at Ibrox in 97. Um, so that was that was my, my first taste of um, East Fife. I, I think I got one visit at the old Bayview before moving down to the new Bayview. And then the, the real reason it kicked off for me um, was actually the year that we won promotion. Um, under Jim Moffat and I started to just sort of really gain the love of it and then obviously that was the season that I met you guys and Kerry Ann Stewart and all that sort of stuff and, and that sort of community feel to it you know you end up building friendships and stuff through it and I remember you know every year that the, the catalogue would come around for uh, the, the Rangers tops obviously in the days before the internet my mum was like which one do you want I was like I actually think I just want these five top this year and my mum was like, really? My dad was like, get in the car then. So he, he drove me straight down to the shop at Bayview and bought me the top. And to be honest, I never sort of looked back from that. You know, I think for me, that, that season is still my favourite season all time. I mean, I know that we've won titles um, since then, but that, that season will remain unbeaten for me because I think that the core of players that we had were so entwined with the fans, the likes of Juker, Ewan Donaldson, uh, John Allison, and, and all those sort of guys that, you know, you, you see that they really, really cared about the club as well. And I think that that's really what sort of moulded my support. I, I, it's something to explain to, to people that's listening as well is we've got a couple of different eras hosting this this show. Yeah, you could started, say that. Yeah. 
I was trying to be nice and not say that I'm old, but basically, <laughs> you, you started watching in the late 90s. My, my first game, now, when I was growing up, my mum didn't have a car, so I, I just went and watched local football. I grew up in Glenrothes. I went to watch Glenrothes Juniors. My granddad took me to, to watch that because we could walk to, to their grind. But I'd always taken an interest in East Fife and no one really knows why. I don't know if it was the name that attracted me or because I had Fife in it or, or what it was, but it really excited me. And I always wanted to go to a game. I was always pestering my mom and my granddad, but they wouldn't take me on the bus to go through. So I'd watched on sports scene on the Saturday night, East Fife Hibs, Scottish Cup, 1984, third round at Easter Road, and it was a nil-nil draw. The replay was going to be coming up at Bayview, and I pestered my mum so much to go to the game that she got someone at her work to, to agree to take me. So my very first game was 31st of January, 1984, East Fife 2, Hibs nil. Scottish Cup third round replay, shock of the round. I thought, this is great. This team's world beaters. They're, they're in the second division, but they're going to go and do really well. And then it's mostly been downhill ever since with a, a few, <laughs> few little peaks and troughs along the way. But it's like, it, that was a bad first game really to go to in a lot of ways because it, it was a packed Bayview. And it was a great win. And I can still shut my eyes and, and kind of picture one of the goals. And I, I, another memory from that game as well was a bottle coming flying over my head and just missing me. So there was all that kind of stuff. But after that, I was hooked and I got my mum to agree. I was, oh, let's see, what would I have been, 15 at the time? So I got her to agree to let me go on the bus on my own from Glenrothes to Methyl, which was a big scary thing to go to Methyl as a kid on your own in the bus in those days. Yeah. So then I went to a couple more games that season and then after that I, I was pretty much hooked and went to nearly every single game home and away from 84-85 from season up to 2007 when I, I made the move to, to Canada, which is another thing I guess we'll, we'll let folk know. We're, we're doing this yeah. cast on two different continents. I'm in Vancouver in Canada. Yeah. And I'm um, obviously in uh, Glenrothes, the, the People's Republic. So, yeah, sunny um, Glenrothes. And I mean, obviously, a lot of my memories, Mike, is, is, is going to games with you because I couldn't drive and you would pick me up in your, your refusal and we would drive, you know, to, to games. I remember like Stenny away, Peterhead, you know, if there wasn't a supporters bus going, I'd be yeah. like, um, can I catch a lift with you, Michael, if you're going? So, you know, there's a lot, a lot to, to thank to you for, for getting me to games, particularly because my dad always watched shifts. So if I couldn't get, then I, I knew that you were always going to be able to take me down. Yeah, it's like, I, I really, I miss that. Because like li living over here in Canada now, we've got Major League Soccer. The Vancouver Whitecaps, their average attendance is about twenty-two to 23,000. Some games, it's like 27,000. I've always liked lower league football. I've always been more comfortable in, in matches where y you feel closer to the players, you're closer to the pitch, and it, it's like the away games that we used to go to. You'd be right down yeah. at the barrier, you'd be behind the goal, you had good interaction with the players, whereas big stadiums like where the Whitecaps play, you're so far away from the pitch, and you're yeah. just a, a, a small person, a small supporter in amongst that. And I mean... I, other things have changed for me as well because like some people will know me from doing AFTN back in the day as the printed fanzine 
and then it became a website, which is coming back. I've been revamping it for a year and a half now, but it will be coming back at some point. So we'll we'll let you know when that comes for the on the podcast. Hopefully in time for for next season. So the way things are going, I could have a lot of time to to get that done. But it's it's nearly yeah. there. I've been working on it, and it's it's going to be back. The forum will not be back because the the forum was a very polarizing thing, which the club hated, some players hated, fans loved it, some fans hated it, and I just in the in the current climate, it needs to be more regulated, and I just I can't be bothered doing that. So. Well, we'll have a comment section on the on the site and stuff like that. But I, I just, I love East Fife still. I watch their games on East Fife TV. Most of the time, the highlights, because 7 a.m. is the kickoff time. I am not a, a, an early riser. So I do, do the odd game live, like the Fife Derbys and, and big games or whatever, cup games. I've, I've paid and watched them live. But when I left here in 2007, I never thought for a minute I could sit in my living room in Canada and watch an East Fife game on my TV. Yeah. It, it just it shows you just how the world of football has changed. And it, it really is a it's a it's a global game now. Yeah, I think that if you think about like obviously going back to EFTN and stuff, I, I think that the forum now I don't think there's the same need for it now as there was then because obviously social media has evolved so much that yeah. people could share their opinion on Facebook, they could share their opinion on Twitter. Whereas, you know, the FDN board was literally all we had um, in those days to vent your frustration or X, Y, or Z. But no, I mean, obviously being in, in, in Scotland, I'm quite lucky in the fact that if, I, if I'm off a Saturday, I could go or I could, um, you know, I was on holiday in, in Gran Canaria um, last year. Um, and my kid was in the pool with my wife and I sat on my iPad and watched us, unfortunately, against BSC Glasgow in the Cup. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't my great, my great first experience at EFTV, but just being able to watch that, you know, thousands of miles away, and it cost me, I think it was a fiver. Yes. Amazing. It's, it's great to have that outlet. And I know that, obviously, there's a lot of ex-parties five fans across the world that take advantage of that so it's brilliant I think that you know the club I would say in the last few years has, has gone leaps and bounds in terms of fan interaction and try to do the right things by the fans compared to regimes that we've experienced in the past anyway yeah I mean it's so much better now and I, I can't praise East Five TV enough and I mean in, in the grand scheme of things we'll, we'll come to this later in the show I mean this could be a vital money-making outlet for the club as well. And I mean, if anyone that is an expat that's listening to this, if you haven't experienced these five TV yet, definitely go and do it because it's just, it's, it's excellent. And it, everything that they do is so professional and the commentary is great. And yeah, it's... Yeah, our good, our good friend Stephen Mill on the, yeah. on the commentary. Um, you know, I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And I think that he, he does tend to be fairly impartial, which... You know, sometimes I, I'm a bit like Claude Stephen, get those black and gold tinted glasses <laughs> on. Um, and, you know, I think that um, Liam does quite a bit of the filming um, sometimes as well. You know, these guys are, are these five through and through, and it's great that they've got people that have got the, the sort of core at the club at heart as well. So you can see the real passion that goes in that. Yeah, I, I was back home in Scotland just before all the this coronavirus stuff hit. It was like perfect timing, really. It was the end of January, start of February, and I was meant to to be back for a couple of games. I was back for the December, the, the February first game, which I can't remember. I think it was Dumbarton, but I can't actually remember who we played now. But it was a, a fantastic win, 
in, in the end. And I was meant to then be going to Falkirk the next week, but Falkirk were in the cup, so that game got cancelled. So it actually let me yeah. go and relive my childhood. I went to watch Glenn Rothes Juniors, uh, but not at Warwick Stadium. I had a, a nice little trip down to Peebles to, to watch that. And I mean, that was fantastic as well. It was just, I, I shot some video at that. You, you can find it if you want on uh, AFT in Canada YouTube channel. Um, I, I just was starting to film a little bit of the game because that's something I've, I've started to, to do here with some of the the non-league football. I've, I've kind of been filming matches there and I've just kind of got used to going to games and, and filming some action. But it was great and you could hear the referees and the tackles were flying in. It was like proper, proper football that I, I grew up watching where you could tackle players and the player would just yeah. get straight back up and it's like no rolling about or anything. They would maybe square up to each other and yeah. it was yeah. oh, it was great. But being back at Bayview for, for that game on February 1st, I mean, it, it was great. And I, I saw a couple of old faces. I didn't see as many as, as I'd hoped because yeah. my jet lag had kicked in. I'd woke up at 2.15 that afternoon because yeah. I hadn't got to sleep and I hadn't set my alarm. So I woke up at 2.15 and then had to bomb through from Kirkcaldy to get in. I missed, missed the first five minutes of the game. And, of course, these five scored in those first five minutes. So I, I missed that goal. But it, it was great getting back to Bayview. And I, I really miss it. And with the power station being knocked down now, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful ground to sit yeah. and just look out at the view. And when I think of these five, what does these five mean to you? To me, it's like a sense of belonging. What, what about yeah. you, Lee? I'll be honest with you, mate. A lot of mine, it's like a, that, you know, that sense of belonging. But I think for me, I've made friends there, you know, that I, I genuinely believe that I'll, I'll have for life. And, and I've, I've had some of the, the best experiences in my life sporting these five, you know. So, you know, going back to, to just some of the names like yourself, that Kerry Ann Stewart, Mikey Hunter, and I still remain very good friends with him, like Isle English, Andy English. You know, I've, I've got so many friends that, you know, I will consider friends. You know that I'll see me out as my, as my dad would say when we won the league at Clyde a few years back. I think it would be four years ago now. You know the first thing that I did was um, Isla and I were on the pitch. You know, and, and and there's things like that that you just you'll never forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? That my, my my father-in-law who will absolutely curse you for talking about the Glens because he's he's very much involved with Fulton Hibs. Um, <laughs> he always, it's funny because the setup is 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 my father-in-law's football daft, my wife's football daft. But my brother-in-law hates football, and my father-in-law will often say to me, "How did do, how does Callum get his high?" He's like, "Because when you're watching a game and your team gets a 90th minute winner, he's like, you're up, you're up there, you're, you know, your, your head's hitting the ceiling." Without that, without taking drugs, how do you get that buzz? And I've never been able to answer that. I wouldn't know. You yeah. know that that goal, that Kenny Joker goal against Queens Park. Oh. I've I've never experienced. You know, aside of my kid being born. Insert cliche here. Um, you know, I, I've I've never experienced jubilation like that in my life. So yeah, I, I don't, and it's hard to put into words or to context that to someone that doesn't like football. Yeah, well, it's also hard, I think, to explain to somebody that is used to just watching a club that wins all the time. Like if you're a Celtic yeah. or a Rangers fan or Man U or Liverpool, you're used to success. Yeah. So like. A bad season for Rangers is they finished second in the league. Yeah. I, like Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, a bad season for them is, oh, well, we haven't won it. We're just in the Champions League next year again. 
Yeah. So to them, that's a that's a bad season. A, an East Fife fan, a bad season is you could be finishing bottom of League Two and going out of the football league altogether. And once you go yeah. out of the football league, there is no guarantee that you'll ever return. Look at like East Stirling, Berwick Rangers. They're yeah. prime examples. I don't think we'll ever see yeah. them back in the football league the way that a lot yeah. of the, the clubs in the Lowland League are spending money to, to get back in. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you just have to look at Kelty, the oh, money that they've yeah. thrown around. Um, Cumbernauld, I know I've got some good money behind them. You know, there's, there's all, and the way that the leagues are sort of developing below us, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, I felt that Cowden Beath were really, really lucky yeah. um, a couple of times not, not to, to go down into that mire. And look, you know, we'll, we'll laugh and we'll joke about Cowden Beath, but you wouldn't want to see them drop out of the league. No. So, and if they did, I, they're a prime example of a team that I do not think would come back. No. And then that's the end of them, potentially. Yeah. Uh, they've still got the ski electrics, but, um, yeah. you know, the, the realistic, you know, I, I wouldn't see them coming back from that. I mean, folk here all the time, it's like, when you're Scottish, it's like they, they assume you know about football. And, I mean, it's great. For me, it's opened a lot of doors here. Like, first, I started AFTN as a blog over here in Canada in 2009 because I was bored not having AFTN to do. And then it's just grown and grown and grown. And I cover the Whitecaps and I'm a accredited press and... We've got a podcast over here that's about to hit our 400th episode and we've got a radio show, I do commentary and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I miss the days of covering Scottish football and I'm constantly talking about East Fife on our show here. No one cares, but I'm constantly talking about them. <laughs> yeah. And folk are saying to me, like, if you meet a football fan in the street, they're like, oh, what team do you support? And you say East Fife, and they go, no, no, no. Like, what, what's, your, what's your big team, Celtic or Rangers? And it's like, I've no interest in, in Celtic or Rangers. I, I dislike yeah. both in almost equal measure, which is leaving me open now to, yeah. to saying which team I don't dislike, but we'll skip on from that. I just don't yeah. like Union Jacks, let's put it that way. But <laughs> that's my SNP part of me. But they don't get that you can support a small team. And it's like yeah. these people that support the big teams, they will never understand what you've just explained, that euphoria of that Kenny Duker goal. And it's like, I, I think of some of my, my favourite games from East Fife over the years. My very first one, that, that Hibs game I talked about, that's always going to be my favourite game because it was my first ever East Fife game. But then, that, yeah, that, that Kenny Duker game, I mean, that is just so momentous. And it, it's not always the, the positive games that, that stick in your mind. I remember the East Fife Dundee United game from, I want to say, 97, 96, 97, where maybe it was even 95. Actually, it was earlier than that because I, where I was working, it probably be the early 90s. Stephen Melwin folk will be listening to this going, how can you not remember the year? But it, it was Stephen, like, if you are listening to this, mate, you could tell us on Twitter when it was. You could yeah. a, a resident stat It was a one-all draw with Dundee United scoring in the fifth minute of injury time. And it broke our hearts. So that was the complete opposite of euphoria. Because we were all singing and chanting and we were going through, we were knocking out a Premier team. And then they scored. And it's just the silence and just the deflation that you had. Yeah. And the only other time I've really felt like that was when we were through in Dumbarton. And if we'd won, it was the yeah. last ever game at Boghead. If we won, Tam McManus was playing for us. We had our Tam McManus cut out masks. 
And if we'd won, yeah. we were going to get promoted. But Dumbarton won, obviously, really like perked up by the fact that it was the last ever game at Boghead. And it was just so deflating that day, that driving back from Boghead, knowing that you had had the chance to go up and the, and the team blew it. It's those highs and lows. And to me, that's what being a football supporter is all about. And that's what yeah. you know, these Fife fans are all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there will definitely be people that are listening to this that aren't East Fife fans. And, you know, I've been slagged my entire life for being an East Fife fan, and I'm, I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, that sense of community that you just don't get at a bigger club. I mean, I, being honest, like, you know, I, I do always look out for the Man United results, and I would call myself a Man United fan. But, you know, for me, there's absolutely nothing, football terms, sport terms, that comes before my love for East Fife. Absolutely nothing. You know, my, my favourite game... I've, I, I, when we were speaking about this earlier, I, I narrowed it down to two. I was there when we beat Steny 7-0 at home. McManus scored four goals and he was just absolutely unplayable that game. It was honestly brilliant. And then I had to go for the, the 1-0 game against Queen's Park. So for, if, you're, if you're not an East Fife fan, you know, the 1-0 game against Queen's Park, we had to win. Had to win. If we won, we were finishing second. And we were kind of hoping that the rest of the results would go against us if we didn't win. Um, would go for us if we didn't win. And I think it was 89th minute. It was nil nil. Yeah. Gordon Love pings a great pass um, through Kenny Duker, scores the goal. And if you listen to our intro, you'll hear our, uh, my good friend Andy English and yes at the top of his voice for that goal going in. And, you know, I remember I was there at that game with my dad, the Monco Roger, and us all like literally like group hugging each other, but like jumping up and down when that goal went in. And, you know, that was my. I was too young, I would probably say, to be able to control my emotions because I started crying. And then when my dad started seeing that I was crying, he was wiping a tear away from his eyes. <laughs> you know, you, you don't get that at a, at a Rangers, at a Celtic. Or yeah. At least I don't think so. These fans might tell me different. Yeah. But, you know, because we are not used to the success, I mean, you know, the majority of the times that I was watching East Fife, you know, in the seasons before that, when my dad would take me to, to the occasional game or whatever, we were getting beat all the time. I mean, I mean, you know, I think Rab Shannon was the ma- the manager when I started going, Ooh, yeah. um, and and that was a a particularly bad season. So I think that when I think about how good that felt when that goal went in, nothing for me would top that. And I think that that's got to take my top place for for my favourite game. It was it was just so amazing that I I actually took my old fashioned video camera to that game. So I've got a lot of that game on tape that's never seen the light of day. But I switched it off just before the goal because I didn't didn't think it was coming. And I thought, I don't want to be filming when it's the final whistle because it's just going to be so sad that I switched it off literally a minute before the goal went in. But thankfully, Andy English had been videoing it and catching it. So I do hope to somehow get the rest of that footage off that tape yeah. at some point and we'll, we'll stick it up on YouTube because I've got the post-game well, on-the-pitch celebrations and everything as well. And Yeah, Andy's, Andy's video on YouTube has that. Um, and I don't know if you watched it recently, but the EFTV um, yeah, actually yeah. aired the, the season and that was amazing. It was so, so much nostalgia uh, from yeah. that season. I mean, one of my favourite memories from that game, uh, from that season, was we went up and we played Montrose and we absolutely hammered them. And I can't remember off the, the score off the top of my head, but I absolutely played them off the park. And my dad took me to, um, it was like a wee chippy on the way home. And literally, I remember the entire way home, we were saying, we are top of the league, we are top of the league. Like the whole way home, 
it's such a great memory. Um, so no, definitely that season. You know, even if you think about the season when David Bakey was manager and, and we won it at Canter, we were hammering everybody. And I mean, our team then, you know, with Stephen Tweed and Bobby Lamb and you know all these amazing players. I, I still can't look past that season for because I think because I even then I knew that we probably shouldn't have done what we've done with the team that we yeah. had. Yeah, I mean that that the season where we we won the title. In 2006-2007, it looked like we were going to win the title. And I was yeah. meant to be emigrating to Canada at the start of 2007. So I talked my wife into us delaying moving over. Because I said, I can't not be here when we win the league. And then we blew it. So I delayed moving and everything to watch us win the league. And we didn't win it. So then we moved in September that year. And then we won the league, of course, that, that season. But the good thing was the club... Because I'd, I'd written to them going, please, 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 for all the expats, have the trophy presentation on the last game so we can all come over for it. And whether they listened yeah. to me or whether they were always going to do that, I don't know. But they did. So I managed to come over and be part of that in 2008. Yeah. And I mean, that was special because I've never, like so many yeah. generations of these five fans, never seen us actually win anything. So, yeah. I mean, those I, are the, I, the great times. Yeah, and I mean, just going back to you know what's special about being an East Fife fan is, you know that that same night that the trophy presentation was was also mm-hmm. the Player of the Year dance. Yes, and I, I mean, I think I was what eighteen, nineteen, and I still remember I had Johnny Smart on my left hand side and Bobby Lynn on the other, and they were feeding the champagne at the league, <laughs> uh, at the at the trophy. And like my dad just said to me, you'll never forget this. And I mean, you, you know, again, that would never happen at a bigger club. But because no, it was no. that sense of community, you know, it was brilliant. And, you know, um, Bobby Lynn and uh, Jay Smart getting up and playing the, the well, I, I say singing, but that's maybe a wee bit loose term, um, the killers and stuff yeah. on the stage. And, I've got those videos yeah. on our YouTube channel as well. So, yeah, they, I watched those yeah. actually last night, just before we recorded this. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, well, we've got Bobby coming on the, the show in a, a few weeks' time, so we'll be sure to maybe ask him for another rendition of that. Oh, aye. Get um, his guitar out. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he, um, he was a guy that, like, if, if we look at some of our favourite players through the years, like, he was a guy that he was loved when he was here, and then things, from what I can gather from afar, they've got a little bit nasty towards him online at times. Yeah. And I, I hope I, that I, hasn't kind of tempered what he feels about East Fife and the fans here because yeah. online East Fife fans and in-person East Fife fans are two very different things. You know, I, I've kept, I've said kept in touch with Bobby, but you know, I, I, I do kept, still speak to him from time to time. And I'll be honest with you, I think that the AFTN forum had a lot of reasons for the disdain for, for Bobby, but you know, I've obviously we, we chatted about how we wanted the format of this to go and we talked about favourite players and Bobby for me would be right up there because he was one of the only players in my lifetime that could completely turn the game on its head. Yeah. Just off like a switch. You know, and um, think about it again at Stenhouse Muir, he scored directly from a corner kick and, you know, his free kick against the Rovers and, you know, he's, he, he just seemed to be able to just show that little bit of magic. Um, I, I never included him in my uh, favourite players, but um, the only other player that I think that had similar to that was Bobby Barr um, a few years mm-hmm. later. He was, um, 
you know, a, a player that I really, really liked us, but not so much now after he was playing for the Rovers and shouting get it fucking up is when he scored against us. So <laughs> I've not had the same sort of love for him. Although, don't get me wrong, Bobby um, has given us it tight when he's scored against us as well. But I think that, you know, that the fans did really pile on Bobby. Some of it maybe deserved it sometimes when he was biting back. But on the whole, Fans are fans can be fickle at times, and they forget what a player's yeah. done for the club. And, and and Bobby is one of those players for me that would be up there with my favourites. But um, I've written a list, so we'll go through them, and then we could go into yours. Okay. And um, so I've got Paul McManus, and um, for obvious reasons, Mister Black and Gold, um, and delighted to say that Paul will be um, our first guest on the podcast. He was the first person I messaged um, about getting him on, and he said he'd be delighted to do it. Then. Put our hands in the air for the god himself, Kenny Duker, has to be up there. Um, for me, you know, I'll never forget. I, again, I think this was at Stenhouse Muir, but his last game for us, you know, and he came up to the us behind the goals and we're like, he's staying, Kenny. He's staying, and he was like, goodbye, lads, and he had tears in his eyes. You know, you could tell that he just loved the club, and I think that even now he would tell you he loved the club. And obviously, Kenny went on to have a great career, playing Scottish Cup final with Gretna. Went over and played in the States with Real Salt Lake, yeah. St. Johnston. Um, you know, he, he went on to have a, a pretty good career, but I, I'd still be fairly confident to say, to say that, you know, Kenny would have like one of his best times in his career would be worse. I'll get laughed at for this one because I did when I was his fanboy back in the day, but Ewan Donaldson, you know, I, I just, I don't know what it was about Ewan, but you could just tell that he just had his shit together. That's what I liked about Ewan. You know, yeah. he, he gave 100% every game, not 110% because that was mathematically impossible, but he gave 100% every game, you know, Great with free kick, great corners. You know, I remember one game I'm literally throwing himself at the ball to clear it off the line the last minute to hold us on to win. Just sang about on that I liked. Um, and obviously, he went from playing left mid to us to left back. I think that's probably where my like from came because I played left back when I was uh, playing football and stuff as well. So, Ewan Donaldson makes my list. I would still go to say that the best captain in my lifetime was Stephen Tweed. The guy was an absolute colossus for us. And when I look at, you know, I think that him and I've got Johnny Smart on my list as well. They would probably be the two centre-back pairing that, you know, any, pretty much any of the World League team would have taken at that point. Um, and I think that Stephen Tweed definitely brought the best out of Johnny Smart. Mr. Gwyn himself, Div Muir, um, lucky enough to call Div a friend of mine and played against him in my, my younger years. And he was a mile better than me then. And then obviously went on to play for us. So got to give Div an honorary mention. Again, Somebody that I would say you can just tell he loved the club. Yeah. So he gets a shout for me. And finally, Toro himself, Greg McDonald, um, another person that gave his, his life and soul for the club. And another, in fact, another person that I've not written down here, but I should mention Stevie Campbell, somebody that committed a long time to the club um, and was also a good player. So that's mine. What about yourself, Mike? I see, I, I go a lot further back. And a lot of it, I think, is. Whenever you, it's the same with bands and music. It's like you tend to prefer the first albums that you hear from certain bands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm thinking back to the early days, and I, I loved when Gordon Jury was with us. He was just starting to score goals when I first started to go. So I mean, he would be a player that I always think of. But Stevie Kirk was great, and he was a guy that maybe should never have come back as manager because I think that maybe, again, tainted some folks' memories of what he had actually done for the club. But like yeah. Willie Brown, for me, was just a guy that epitomised everything 
that I love about Scottish football. Absolutely nuts on the football pitch. And just, he did tackles that nowadays would be straight reds. And I mean, back in those days, he did get a lot of red cards, but... You like, have to do something special to get a red yeah, card. You had, yeah, days. you had to do it at least twice to get sent off back then. It's yeah. like, nowadays, they would have been like, oh, but he just went in so hard and they had good banter with the fans. I remember him getting some abuse, though, from the fans towards the end of his career when he wasn't playing very well. And he was all set to, to climb over the boards, at the, the touchline and like have a fight with us. But, I mean, he was just such a character. And Robert Scott as well. I mean, I can't think of Robert Scott without thinking of Jim Dow, who a lot of folk won't know. The older folk will. He was a guy from Dundee. He was an enigma. He was a supporter. He, he just appeared from nowhere one day and then disappeared one day as well. I, I believe he's had some health issues and stuff over the years. I don't even know if he, if he is actually still around, but he, he just disappeared from supporting the Fife, but for a big chunk of the early days, and he loved the club so much, and he loved Robert Scott so much, and his enthusiasm for Scotty, and he coined the silky soccer phrase and, and stuff. He was just... He was a, a great guy as a fan, but Robert Scott, for me, was just one of those lower league players that could, if he'd been arsed, had a really good career. But he seemed just happy, yeah. working, having a few drinks with the lads, playing for his five, scoring goals. That He just seemed happy doing that. So, I mean, yeah. he, he was a guy as well. And Kenny Duker, it's like, Kenny is a legend. And it's like, the word legend's often thrown about a little bit too much these days when, yeah. when it comes to teams and players, but he truly was. And you can't fault him for going to Gretna when Gretna were throwing no. that money about. And no. I mean, I think there would, if, if you've got a family, I know he was a doctor and he was probably making good money from that, but if you've got a family, your football career is so short that if you've got a club that's going to chuck that kind of ridiculous money at you and cars or whatever they were giving them under Brooks Myelson, you're going to take it. And I know a lot of folk will hate what Gretna did. They bought their titles, they'll say. They bought their place. You still have to do it on the pitch. And, I mean, yeah. you could say that about us in that 2007-8 season with Dave Bakey. We spent money. And, I mean, Rangers didn't even match the points total that we had that season. No. And that, that team, that, that season as well, was just such a good team. And like Stephen Tweed that you mentioned, he was a, such a stud. And like later on the show, uh, in the final part, we'll come to our kind of our favourite all-time eleven of East Five players that that yeah. we've actually seen play, and then we we want the listeners to let us know yours as well. I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, he he deserves to be in in the conversation when you're talking about the best players this century. This pulled in he, East he'd Five. He'd run through a brick wall. Yeah. He'd run through a brick wall. Um, the, the only the only player that I could say recently that I could say is in the mould, I'm not going to say he's up there, but you, you'll not see much of him is, is Higgins that's at us just now. Mm. Um, you know, for last season, well, I say last season, but last, last season now, he looked a bit shaky when he joined us from, from air on loan. And I was a bit like, hmm. But any time I've seen him this season, just complete composure. 
absolutely breezed it at our level. And, you know, when we were, I was looking at the players that had been retained for next season, I was delighted to see that he'd actually signed a two-year deal because I think he could easily have probably gone to a, a bigger club um, with no disrespect to ourselves. But, yeah. you know, he just looked easily composed at us. Um, another player that... I, it pains me to say it that he's not in my, my favourite player list, but it's only because I, in the circumstances I'm not coming back was Nathan Austin. Um, I, yeah. I, I love Fash at us. Um, but, you know, and obviously this is all rumours, and Nathan, if you're listening, I'm sorry for this, mate, because I, I genuinely did love you, but I broke my heart when you signed for Kelly. Um, yeah. You know, I'd have genuinely called my daughter Nathan Austin Gillis if you'd come back. <laughs> um, you know, just a local boy, you could just tell that he loved it. Uh, you tell that he loved his time at the club. I think Gary Naismith did an excellent job with with, with Ash, but I, I know that he'd been in touch with the club to, to come back when he was at Inverness. Obviously, the birth of his kid and stuff, um, and then obviously there was a a letdown from from Nathan's end. From what I hear, the fact that he was meant yeah. to come and sign the contract and then went to Kelty. Now, obviously, Kelty are probably the new Gretna. They're, they're spending yeah. a lot of money, and you've got you've got to give him the fact that. You know he's he's got a family and you know he could play football on good money at um, Kelty um, and then still do another job and probably making a, a decent amount of cash. But I think that there's obviously that sort of sentiment if you're a football fan, not maybe so much as a player. They're like, oh, do you not remember what we done for you? But I, I that's that's the only reason that that Fash doesn't make that list for me is because I'm still better. Yeah. I think I'll move on from that down the line. But I'm still better, Nathan. Sorry for listening, but I am. I, I I know. I mean, when when I saw he'd signed for Kelty, this is like before I really knew that Kelty were spending all this money. I was like, why the hell are you dropping down to, to non-league football? And then it all kind of made sense when I kind of looked into what what Kelty were doing. But I mean, he was a guy. Like when he was lighting it up for East Fife, I actually spoke to the Whitecaps coaching staff about him and said, "Have a yeah. look at this guy. I think he could do a job for us over here." Which yeah. I know you don't necessarily want me to be poaching players from his fife to take our best players because obviously I'd rather yeah. have his fife win. But he was a guy that you knew was going to move on at some point. So I thought if he's going to move on, he may as well move on to one of my other teams. But I don't. Uh, know if, <laughs> I don't know if like they, a bit of self interest there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they if they ever like seriously looked at him because I, I told Gordon Forrest who was like his fife connections. He was an assistant coach out here at the time, so I'm pretty sure Gordon would have had a look at him. But, I mean, he could have done more. And I, th- I know things didn't work out at Falkirk for him. And then he seemed to be doing well at Inverness. And yeah. I-, I still think that he can play at a way higher level than what he's got. And, I mean, we'll, we'll come to kind of league reconstruction in-, in a little bit. But he's a kind of player that's now going to be interesting. If Kelty don't get into the football league, which is looking very likely that they're not going to, can they hold on to all this talent they've got for another season when they're not yeah. going to have the money coming in? So maybe someone like Fash is going to look to get back into league football. And I'd welcome yeah. him back at East Fife if he did. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, of course you would. I mean, our front line just now is, is decent, but I mean, Nathan Austin proves, you know, half of the, the Scottish Football League yeah. if he goes to that team. So I mean, know, I think we're just, uh, we're just one or two players away from have, like, being champions this season. I, I genuinely yeah. believe that from the games that I, I, I watched from afar, from what I saw when I was over, we've got the talent and it's just the consistency and maybe just those one or two pieces. And he would have been a guy, I yeah. think, that 
that could have pushed us over the line. I mean, maybe we'll get him on the show and we can uh, we can chat to him about that and just and what it is. Because I mean, what yeah. what we're looking to do for for people listening, it's not just going to be me and Lee just babbling on for for an hour yeah. about stuff. Don't worry about that. We just wanted this first show just to kind of be a little bit of a, an introductory thing, let you know what we're about, what we're looking to do, who we are. And we're going to have player interviews with, with ex-East Five players, current East Five players, some people just to do with general Scottish football. We might even get some other sports people in because we're both darts fans. So who knows, we might get a yeah. couple of darts players on the show. But we, we want to keep it varied. And we want to have some some good player interviews. We've got a few lined up, uh, as Lee mentioned, Paul McManus, Dev Muir. We've got those guys. We won't spoil everyone we've got coming up. There's a, a couple of dream interviews I've got. We were chatting about this before recording. I'd love to get Steve Artichibald on the show. He's a guy that would just be fascinating. You could do a couple of hours of a podcast with, with yeah. Steve Artichibald, I think, just with his varied career. As they always talk about an off-the-ball, Steve Archibald, the only Scottish footballer to appear on the same episode of Top of the Pops twice. Now, for a lot of folk listening, they'll have no idea what Top of the Pops is. But that's, this is just like me doing the podcast here in Canada. I'm going to talk about stuff that I was hoping I'd be talking to, to folk that would know what I'm talking about. But I keep forgetting I'm old and you're young and you're going to be like, what's Top of the Pops, mate? No, I, I remember Top of the Pops. I'm, I'm definitely not definitely not that young. I turned 31 in August this year, so I'm <laughs> definitely not as young as that. Yeah, I know. You are literally old enough to be my dad, Mike. I know. <laughs> I, I was thinking that, actually. I was like, oh, jeez, man. Oh, sorry about that, mate. <laughs> you know, um, it, look, we need as much fan interaction in this as possible. Yeah. And, you know, if, if there's something that you want on the show, I mean, I've actually been pleased to see how well the, the Twitter feed's taken off already. You know, get messaging Steve Archibald. I've messaged him already. I've not had a response. So let's try and see if we could get him on. If there's anybody you want on, then you've got. Our, we've launched our Facebook page today, which has had some excellent interaction so far. We're about to hit 100 likes already on our first day, which is brilliant. But get us on our socials. Um, our Twitter is podcast underscore EF, or you can have a look at our Facebook, which is just Glory Days of Gold. And just as a wee uh, side anecdote, um, Glory Days of Gold comes from a, a song that we used to sing um, on the terraces around the country, um, to the, the is it fields of Athens, fields of Athens, right? Yeah, um, and it remember the glory days of old. But um, when Mike and I were talking about the name, the first one that I really liked was called "Anywhere the Grass Grows." Then I remember we had a plastic pitch, so that kind of set that one in a downward spiral. So we've, we've opted for that. Um, our logo was designed by my wife Rachel, and our theme tune was sent to us by Dundee producer Guy Galactic, Kieran Smith. So thanks to him for his time for that as well. We're going to have a lot of varied stuff on the show. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have chat. We'll look at the latest these five news that's come out. Some stuff to do with Scottish football. But one thing which I do on my show over here is we've got a, a number of fun segments that we do with the players. And a lot of that is because here in Major League Soccer, you've actually got so much access to the players. We're allowed in their dressing room after the game. Like 15 minutes after the game, the dressing room's open. You can walk in and you can speak to anyone, which is great when you've got some big name stars coming over. I, I mean, I'd never thought I would have the chance to stand and, and chat with Zlatan Ibrahimovic as an example. But it's like, that's the kind of nutty thing that it is. We, we do a lot of fun segments. We, we do a lot of food-related segments. I'm not sure really why I started doing that. But one segment which I've been doing on the show is something called Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive? 
obviously we don't have any of those in the in the can for East Fife players just now. So I thought I'd bring you one from someone that's got an actual Scottish connection, Glasgow Rangers, Scott Arfield. So let's see the Scott Arfield fancy a chocolate digester. Uh, so, Scott, if you're sitting at home at night and you, you decide to have a, a hot beverage of choice, would you have a tea, a coffee or something else? Evening, well, it's a tea. It's a green tea. Anything above 6pm, then it's a tea. Anything before is a coffee. I'm a coffee freak at the minute, so... Are you a, a biscuit fan? I am. What what would be your biscuit of choice? Uh, I think you'll know this. Bourbon. Oh! Bourbon biscuits and custard, custard creams is my... And do you dunk? Anyone fancy a chocolate So I was Scott Arfield there. Not fancying a chocolate digestive, but showing that he's got a sweet tooth that no footballer really should have. It's not a, not a good thing to have. Unfortunately, I've got such a sweet tooth. My dental work over here in Canada has cost me an arm and a leg because I'm still buying all the old Scottish sweets. When I came back over, flew back on February 11th, I had, without a word of a lie, I had two suitcases with me because I had an extra baggage allowance. And that second suitcase was, some of it was full of, like some old football memorabilia that is, I'm trying to do a video channel with something like that over here, but the rest of it was all Scottish sweets and chocolate and crisps and I had some bovril and just tons of unhealthy stuff like that. Which after, after the lockdown, it turned out great because obviously we weren't meant to go out much for shopping. I had all this stuff ready to eat. I have piled on the pounds a little bit, so... Yeah, so I mean, that, that's not been fantastic. So I mean, things have obviously been a, a little bit strange in, in Scottish football and world football these last few weeks and months, as we know. So we want to have a, a little look now over like, just some of the, the big stories that, that's come out over the, the last couple of weeks. And I mean, a lot has changed since I, I was over at that East Fife game in February. The leagues have ended for one thing. Celtic finally crowned nine in a row champions in the Premier Dundee United look like they're going to be going up. Hearts look like they're going to be relegated. Wraith promoted from League One, although I'm pretty sure Falkirk will have felt that they could definitely have caught them. And no matter what happened at, at this time, Lee, there's always going to be some clubs that, that weren't happy about yeah. how, the, how the season ended. I mean, what, what's your view on how the season ended and whether right just to, to call it a day now and not try and get things finished? I don't know because I'm sort of going to get splinters in my arse here for sitting on the fence, but I can understand why they, they decided to call it a day. But equally, you know, we were in a good position to push for playoffs and I would have fancied us had we got into the playoffs. Um, you know, fair play to Rafe Rovers at the time of the, the season ends, they were top, but you know, in the games that we played against them, there wasn't much in it. The games that we played against Falkirk, there wasn't much in it. So I, I still think that there's there was still a lot of football to be played before calling it a day. But obviously, with certainly at our level, there's a lot of players, you know, they, they wouldn't have the time to commit to playing games 
Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, when yeah. you know they're maybe just at the back of a twelve-hour shift. So I think that per- perhaps in our sense, the right decision. I think the higher up the leagues go, where the, the majority of the teams are full time, that they could have done something. Looking at the sort of league, league reconstruction that's being proposed, I'm I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Um, I think that there's too much self-interest going on, but that's yeah. obviously natural. So I think that you know you look at Hearts, you know, and Budge is, is really really pushing for league reconstruction, obviously because it saves Hearts Hearts from going down. You know, the, you've got Kelty, who are a team that I just hate, by the way. <laughs> um, just cause, just cause. Like, do you know how you have teams that you just don't oh, like, and there's yeah. no reason for it. Yeah, I'm like yeah. that with Leeds United yeah. for some reason. I've no idea why. So it's just just cause, um, you know, um, and then obviously Broda as, as well. You know, I, st- I still think that for that to be decided, who comes up should have gone to a playoff because that's a natural thing that should have happened. Yeah. And obviously, when I read I read the statement between the two of them that they were committed that they would do that, I thought that was excellent. You know, and I, I think that would have been a great game to watch as well. By the way. You know, then you've got is it um, breaking at the bottom of the league too? Yeah, and they're well at the bottom. Yeah, you know, it's it's not like the Dave Rovers scenario when you're you're at the top just breaking are at the arse end of nowhere and, yeah. and and do deserve to go down, albeit you know the chance to play a playoff. But there's um, chairman's part of the board at the SAP, yeah, so there's a, there. a little bit of sweet talking going over there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I do think that particularly at the, the Premiership and the, the Scottish Football League, there's definitely rats to be sniffed um, in terms of, you know, what's going on underhand. But, you know, from speaking from, from social media, you see a lot of the players are for reconstruction. As a fan, I'm, if, you know, if I look at it from a, a rounded view, you know, would I be delighted not to have to play four for four times a year? Absolutely. So if, if it's going to bring a little bit of a mix-up into the game. How I would like to see that league format constructed, I don't know. You know, it's 16-14-14, I think, is the, the one that's being proposed at the moment. I think I would be for that. However, as a fan of a club like East Fife, it does then severely limit your chance for success. Yeah. So, you know, it could be something that we, we do shout for, but then when would we see our team win a league again? Well, yeah. I, I mean, for me, you can't... The league reconstruction... It has to be a permanent thing. It can't just be, we're going to do this for one or two seasons and then go back to normal again and relegate a, a shitload of teams at, at some point. We've done that in the yeah. past and it was ridiculous. We, we, can't, we just simply can't do that again. You also, I feel, cannot have league reconstruction without letting some of the teams from out with the Football League in. That's why I would favour a 14-14-16 if you're going to go to three divisions yeah. and promote both Kelty and Brora. I was disappointed, but I totally understand why the League Two clubs voted on a block to not allow teams in because they know that all these teams in the Lowland League and the Highland League that are spending money, yeah. like in the Highland League. You just look League, at Cove. Yeah. Look at Cove. It's and like in Edinburgh City. Teams as well. that have come up and done well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, that's what they know. These teams are going to come up. They're going to do really well. And then these teams that have been sitting doing nothing for a while are in danger of falling out of the league possibly even going out of business as well. So it is self-interest. And I do understand that clubs are going to have self-interest. I kind of would want my club to look after my club first and foremost. I think East Fife have handled this wonderfully. The the statement that they gave out initially saying that it's all about sport and integrity, it should be, but that seems to be 
Sporting integrity is only good for some things. And you've seen that in the English Premiership where they talk about sporting integrity, but then the Premier League teams didn't want relegation. Well, you can't have sporting integrity and not have relegation. They don't go hand in hand. And here in Scotland, things need to change. I mean, the game, four leagues are 10, 12 now is in the Premier. It's, It's very stale. I was so bored. Before I left, watching, as you say, four for four times a season, sometimes six or seven, depending on cup draws. Well, if it's four for, yeah. yeah we you had four for Arbroath and Brecon and like all these teams, we seem to just play constantly in cup and league, and it's boring as hell. But I, I, I think it was right to, to cut the season short because I, I don't know when you would realistically be able to finish it, as you say, for the part-time teams. But then that kind of ties yeah. in I don't know if you saw Gordon Strachan, who's now technical director at Dundee. But it, Dundee seemed to be in the middle of all these kind of kind of controversial things. But he said that he feels clubs in Scotland need to be more professional. Only 22 of the 42 clubs are full-time. 20 teams are not full-time. And he feels that clubs need to be a lot more professional. Just because you're a part-time club doesn't mean that you're not a professional outfit. It depends what you yeah. mean by professional. I think East Fife, the way that they've done things in this and the last couple of seasons, they're a very professionally yeah. run club. They're just not professional yeah. as in being full-time. And I think you have to separate that. Yeah. I mean, just to, to back that up, particularly in times gone by, we've been, you know, you and I have been very, very critical in the previous regimes at East Fife, you know, our time on the mound and, all that sort of stuff against Derek Brown, that sort of stuff. We're not afraid to call out people if they're not doing right by what's at the club. But, you know, that statement by Jim Stevenson and the, and the board that are in play just now is excellent. I think it's really important that the setup of the club just now, there is fans on that board, um, you know, the likes of Dave Marshall, Liam Anderson, you know, these sort of guys, uh, Stephen Mill, you know, that are really got the, the club's best interest at heart. But equally, the, the statement itself was, was bang on. Um, and the, the amount of clubs and the, and the club got very good press for the statement itself yep. I think the clubs handled it really well and you know to all the fans that are listening to this the season ticket holders that told the, the club to keep the money um, yeah. you, you have my absolute praise from the, 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 the bottom of my heart because it would have been very very easy to just take that money particularly if you're in a sticky situation yourself financially if you're on furlough or if you've been made redundant during this pandemic for you to to step up to the club and um, and tell them to keep the money, and obviously as well to the the two ladies that set up the GoFundMe for the club and and raised some some good cash. Um, I was being nosy and, and reading through the the names of the people that had donated, and it was great to see that Greg McDonald, Toro, um, oh. had put a donation in as well. So, um, you know, I think that the club, in terms of the way that they've handled the pandemic, has been great. Great to see a lot more of the core of this squad again has been retained for next year. Um, yeah. Shout out to, to my boss who tagged me in that on Twitter today. I'd missed it. Um, that we've, we've managed to keep another lot of the core players. I love the, the, the big name that still seems to be omitted for me is Anton Dowds. Um, I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that we could keep him because I just think that he's a boy that's brimming with potential. He went, he went off the boil for a little bit, but I still think that you know we're a club that could really serve him. Um, you know, if we look at the likes of what we've done with like Stevie Ferguson and. Paul McManus and they've all went on to have good careers and Nathan Austin being another yeah. one hopefully we could do the same for Anton definitely I mean let's look at that now there's, the club announced this week players are currently under contract for next season 
a lot of them in the defence, which I think is good because if you're building a core, you want to have a solid defence. And I think our defence was pretty pretty good this year. So like right back, yeah. Stuart Murdoch, left back, Pat Slattery, centre backs, Roston Lop and Chris Higgins, all signed for next year. Midfielder, yeah. Scott Agnew and Liam Watt. Winger, Danny Denham and forward, Ryan Wallace, which is great to see Ryan locked in further as well. There's actually been some more announced today. Young um, Youngster Kyle Bell, who um, has definitely impressed me in the games that I've seen. Um, both our goalkeepers, Jordan Hart and Brett Long. Um, for me, Brett's one of the best keepers that we've had at Eastside for a long time, so Excellent. delighted to see that he's re-signed. Ross Davidson, again, another good, strong player, um, steady player for us that does a job. And um, obviously delighted to see Kevin Smith, um, club captain, pen another year, and he'll be well on his way for a testimonial. So, it's important for a club like East Fife to have that stability and to, to have a good core to build on. And that's what we've not had so much over the years. We've had so yeah. many players that's been in for a season and gone. They've maybe done well and yeah. then they've gone. Some that haven't done well and, and gone, fair enough. But it's like, I mean, with, I mean, we're well into double figures now. And that is absolutely fantastic, especially with the season that we've had. It was a strong yeah. season. I said earlier, I feel we're just like one or two pieces away so if we can then add to this core now, I'm very excited yeah. for hopefully what is yeah. going to be a, a 2020-21 season. I think that it's important as well that we keep Darren Young. You know, I, th- I think that I've, I've been critical of Darren at times, um, just like most fans are, the managers at the clubs, the decisions and stuff that he's made. But you've got to look at what he's done with us. In my lifetime, he's been our most successful manager in terms of where he's got us to in the league. Yeah. Um, up there with Gary, with Gary Naismith again, um, you know, two managers that were great at keeping the core of the players, you know, you know, from the earlier days, if you think of Rab Shannon and Jim Moffat and the squad turnover that we would have under these guys um, to, to, to maintain the, the core of our players um, excellent. And, you know, especially good players, you know, for me, Brett Long isn't a... A league, a league one player, he could definitely play in the, the championship in terms of, you know, being a, a great strong goalkeeper. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, about um, Chris Higgins is already in for next season. Scott Agnew, who was on um, a view for the terrace, um, they picked his his left foot for um, yeah. the, the, the football player that they built. So you know that goes to show you that that we aren't just a a, a wee team anymore. We're getting recognised by fans across the board about what good players that we've got at our club and, and again the fact that we've got Scott Agnew there is, is a great shout for us Yeah I mean it's, it's exciting I mean the thing is though there's so much uncertainty that we don't really know what's happening next season yet it looks like the SPFL said this week that they're looking at August 1st as being the date that things are, are hopefully going to return now if things do return then it's obviously going to look very different it's still going to be a while before I think supporters are, are going to be allowed in. In the lower leagues, we might be more in a position to have fans in than, say, the Premier League, because obviously we have less fans, so it might be easier to kind of distance a bit. Yeah. But, I mean, the discussions that we've been having here for, for things like that is, when it's an all-seater stadium, I mean, what do you do if you're in a row and you want to go for a pie or you need to go for a piss? You've got to get past people. So you can't yeah. keep your social distance that way. I, I genuinely would be amazed if we're having any public gatherings in Scotland at football this year. I think it's going to be into 2021 yeah. before we get that. So then you have to look, though, how does a club like East Fife survive? Because it's fair enough, the season ticket holders just now brilliantly saying, look, we don't want any refunds. That's great. 
But then if you've got half of next season or maybe all of next season, what do you do? Now, the way around that is you make season ticket holders able to watch East Fife TV live. Yeah. Anywhere, like in Scotland. You don't have to be overseas to watch it. So you're paying for that. And I think that is one way to get around it. But now more than ever, East Fife need the fans to rally around and support them. And like buying the new strips, the new home strip, absolutely beautiful. I've tweeted it out here and folk here are loving it. I think there's been a couple of folk from over here that's that's put orders in for it. I've got mine pre-ordered. The away strip was announced this week, a lovely red kit. Not traditional. I love the away kit. Yeah, not traditional East Fife colours. We have had a red and black check one before. But yeah, both beautiful kits, and we need the fans to go and support the team right now by buying these things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly from from me now, I've got my my daughter, so I want to buy her the kits as well as buying them for myself. But I'm I'm going to still remain on the fence about the home shirt. I think I need to see it first. I'm not I'm not sold on the home shirt, but the away shirt is definitely getting bought. Well, see. We're, we're doing this on video but we're not releasing the video for this one but I'm wearing my yeah. East Fife Tartan top from the 90s now yeah. look at this one compared to the one we've got this is horrible compared to the one that we're getting this year yeah true true but I actually like that kit um, I, I like it too but I, I've worn it wandering about here to games and stuff and it, it gets folk talking to you it was um, the, the first kit I had was obviously black and gold stripes, but it was my dad's old one and it had RS Nicole on the front mm. as the sponsor. Um, but I, I like to see us in, in traditional black and white, uh, black, sorry, black and gold um, stripes. Yeah, see, th- and, this is me going to be controversial now. I don't like stripes. I just, I've never liked stripes. My favourite East Fife kits are the ones that aren't stripes and I, I love the black away one. Because I bought that when it was over. Yeah. I mean, I just like something like that. I've never been a fan of stripes because I don't feel you can walk about as much in a stripe top. You kind of you stand out, but if it's a more plain top, you can kind of wear it out and about, yeah. and you don't stand out as much. Mm. I, I think I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Um, you know, I've, I've, in fact, one of the, the strips that I would love to see us bring back that we had years ago was the green and white, which was obviously our original colours. Yeah, um, I would like to see us bring that back. That was uh, the stripy one. Kit down the line. To be honest, we've had some great kits over the years, but I would like to see us have a green and white one again. You know, that considering they were obviously our first colours. Well, you talked earlier about the the Rangers game at Ibrox that you'd gone to. That was like yeah. your first game. I yeah. wore that green and white kit to that game on on purpose, obviously being an instigator, going Ibrox wearing a green and white kit. But I was standing outside Ibrox flogging the fanzine and I had to zip my jacket up because the abuse yeah. and threats I was getting in was unbelievable. I'm just saying to them, it's our strip, what are you going on about? And it's like, yeah. they seriously just did not like that kit. But we had Leslie Bike Shop as a sponsor for quite a few of our kits. And yeah. the, I, I wore that, like... The Whitecaps went to a pre-season in Florida in 2012 and we just got our new management team and the assistant was Paul Ritchie. Not the Paul Ritchie that played for East Fife, but the Paul Ritchie that I played for Hearts. Yeah, he, he actually used to come into my shop Yeah, because yeah, he's from yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he, he's from Glenrothes and Leslie. So I wore that and I hadn't actually met him yet. So yeah. he saw me wearing that strip and he was like, fucking hell, Leslie, bike shop! And I was like, Aye. hey, Paul. And he's like, where are you from? I was like, Glenrothes. He's like, no way. 
and then I introduced myself and then we became good friends and we still chat like he's done in San Diego now so he could be someone yeah. we could get on the show down the line if we run out of guests he can talk about his Scotland career so but yeah, yeah small world yeah he used to come into the shop every time he was home mainly at Christmas and buy get, get his upgrades for his son uh, he's got two boys and then they would talk about how he was going down to Man City because obviously he went on to play down there yeah. obviously before they are now so now, something else which I, I do in my regular AFTN podcast is we've always been keen to to involve music with, with AFTN. And like back in the day of the printed fanzine, we did uh, a pull-out of local bands. Then when the website launched, we had a section called Broken Down Halo, which had kind of music and entertainment stuff on it. So that's something that I just naturally continued when I, when I started a podcast. And one of the segments that we do which has proved really popular is, we, we call it Wavelength, and I'm just going to keep the name the same for, for this one, but basically what Wavelength is, is we play a piece of music that is connected to football. So it could be a football team singing a song, or a footballer, or ideally, which is what the bulk of the songs that, that I use are, it's proper bands just singing songs about football. And there are hundreds and hundreds of songs out there. I've been doing this section on our show for the past three years and I've still got a wealth of material to, to still play. So I thought we would bring it into to this show as well. And I'm actually going to kick this segment off on Glory Days of Gold with a song that I haven't used in the Canadian AFTN podcast. It's a song about East Fife. And to my knowledge, there's only actually two songs that... I know exist about East Fife. And this is one of them. It's by a Dutch hardcore punk band called Slugger. And it features a couple of East Fife supporters singing at the start and the end of it. Kenneth Riley and Stuart Patterson. And it's a, a version of a well-known East Fife chant. Now, we will warn you that this song has a lot of swearing in it, so it might not be suitable for work. If you're easily offended by swearing, maybe just fast forward a couple of minutes. But for those of you that's not... Here is Dutch punk band Slugger with I Love a Lassie. I love a lassie, a pony, pony lassie. She's as tight as paper on a wall. Says your legs like a spider, a puppet fucking rider.
Dutch punk band Slugger there kicking off our wavelength section on Glory Days of Gold with a song that will be familiar to many on the East Five Terracing, expressing their love for Mary from Methil Hill. And we'll have a lot more songs to bring you over the coming weeks. There's some absolute crackers out there. If you've got any particular favourites, let us know as well on Twitter at podcast underscore EF. But now back to the football chat. And we're going to wrap the show up with a section that we want to also throw out to the fans. We want your input into this. And it's your all-time favourite East Fife 11 from players that you've actually seen play in the black and gold. Now, this is going to be good because Lee and me started watching the team in different eras. So, Lee, crack on first. Who is your all-time East Fife 11? I have bottled it a little bit because I have had to put subs on. So I'm going to give you my <laughs> and then I'm going to give you my subs bench. So I know he didn't play lots of games for us, but I'm going to start off with Mark Ridgers and goals when we got him on loan from Haps. Unbelievable shot stopper. And even when he was at us at a young age, I, I thought he commanded his box really, really well. Um, and just a player that I really liked. It was a toss-up between him, Jim Butter and Scott Fox. I couldn't decide which ones uh, that I was going for, but I, I settled on Ridgers in the end. I've gone for a back four, uh, Johnny Smart, Greg McDonald, um, Stephen Tweed and Gary Naismith. So a very, very solid back four there. And I think that in terms of lower league, you, you wouldn't get a, a better back four than that. And my midfield, I've gone for three across the midfield. Um, I've gone for Stephen Hughes, who played with us when uh, Lee Murray came in, in the year that we had Rangers in. He came in for half a season, but I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. And you could just tell he was... A cut above the, the players that um, were playing against at that time just absolutely oozed class. I think that was probably his last season before he retired, but I thought he was great. Um, I've actually gone for Scott Agnew, who's with us just now, and I know that might seem short-sighted to some people, but I just think that the guy's just got talent in abundance, and you can just tell that he's had a great career, um, and he's just an absolute leader in the pitch. I just love watching him, um, and I, I really do hope that we manage to get Scott on the show because I think he's excellent. I've gone for Div Muir, which a lot of people will, will maybe raise their eyebrows at, and I'll probably just say that it's because he's my pal. But again, Div, Div Muir just captured everything that you want as an East Fife fan. Passion, guts, you know, wasn't afraid to stick his boot in. You know, when he scored the goal um, up at Peterhead to keep us up to save us from getting relegated in the Billy Brown time, you know. Oh, yeah. Just tell how much that goal meant to him. And again, that is all you want to see. Absolutely bled black and gold. And, you know, from speaking to, to Div regularly, um, and I know how much the club means to him and, and that's I think that definitely at our level that's something that you just love to see you know when you see players kissing the badge in a, a, a premiership team you're a bit like that doesn't mean anything I think that when you see it at our level a player that's been with us for a long time Div Muir definitely um, gets a mention to me for that my front three um, I've gone for Bobby Lynn Kenny Jukart and Paul McManus there's definitely goals in that front three and like I say, I went for subs as well. So I went for Jim Butter as my subkeeper, Bobby Barr, Nathan Austin, Ross Graham, Ewan Donaldson, Darren Smith. And um, that's my, my subs bench. That's a, an interesting team. So since you've gone for a subs bench, I've just been jotting one down as well, just while we've, we've been chatting about that. I'll, I'll give you my start in 11 to start with. In goal, I've got Gordon Marshall. He was just yeah. absolutely fantastic for us and I mean he got his big move after that and he was just such a quality goalkeeper right back I've gone with Tom Connor 
a lot of folk won't know who he was. He played a couple of seasons in the mid-80s. He travelled up from England to play in every game. He, it was just a phenomenal commitment to the club. And I can't remember, I'm sure it was from somewhere in the northeast of England. He drove up or got to train up for every single game. So, I mean, tremendous. My centre-back pairing, Stephen Tweed and Jim McLaren. One of the few modern-day players I've got in Stephen Tweed, and we talked about him earlier in the show. Jim McLaren was just a monster at the back during Davy Clark's years in, in the 80s. And I've gone for a left-back from the, the Clarkey years as well, Brian Jenkins. I've gone 4-3-3, and my midfield is Stevie Kirk, Tom McCafferty, and Willie Brown. Tom McCafferty's the only one we haven't really spoke about so far in the show. He was just, just a great little player. The fans used to, to chant, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. McCafferty, McCafferty. <laughs> so small as well, he just jinked his way through. He's like that kind of player that doesn't exist as much anymore in, in the modern game. And up front, I went for a front three of Gordon Jury, Kenny Duker, and then I was torn between Robert Scott and Paul Hunter. And I've gone for Scotty just because, I, as I said, he was one of my favourite players. But now that you've named your subs bench, that's allowed me to do my sub. So I'm going to have my sub goalkeeper of Lindsay Hamilton, was with the, yeah. the team that got promoted in the 90s. Uh, Greg McDonald, uh, Naismith, Bobby Lynn. I, I think that's two good teams. I, if we could get some kind of simulation where we could get them put in and see who they how they would fare against each other. But we want to hear yours as well. So shoot us a, a message on Facebook or on Twitter. At Twitter, it is podcast underscore EF. If you want to do the old-fashioned uh, email, you, you can send an email to me at aftn at hotmail.co.uk. I'm happy to right. take direct messages on the Twitter page and on the yeah. Facebook page as Hands the pair of them, so happy to take that on. But please do let us know what your eleven is. Feel free to criticise ours, and we'll do our best to justify that. Um, you know, I could already hear Paul Galloway putting away the, the my selection. But Paul, I'd definitely be interested to hear yours, um, and, and obviously the likes uh, uh, the rest of the fans that you know. I'll probably disagree with mine. Mine's is intentionally controversial to provoke you. I promise. But I would be interested to hear yours. Oh, ask some of the fans um, or followers today. Um, to ask if there was anything that they wanted us to bring up. And when we were talking a bit about how a club like East Fife surviving this um, in terms of social distancing, would now be the time to bring Terrison back? Yeah, very much so. Because, I mean, that, that's what I was saying. Like, when it's all-seater stadium, and, like, we've just obviously just got the one stand, it's very, very difficult to, to have social distancing. I mean, we brought in the temporary stands for those Rangers matches, I know they don't come cheap, but I mean, if we got those put in, it might allow a club like East Fife to be able to open up some of the ground and have yeah. people spaced out. And it's like clubs like East Fife rely so much on the, the gate receipts as well. Like the, the top teams in Scotland, a bit more than maybe some of the top flight teams elsewhere in Europe or like or even over here in North America. But clubs like East Fife, we need the, the money from the fans coming through. So, I mean, that. Having Terrison would be a great idea, even if it's just temporary bleachers or something. But the other thing that I thought was obviously at the lower league grounds, um, I've been at a lot of Thornton Hibs games with my father in law, and, and they do even just have like a barrier around the side of the pitch. Now, obviously, I would yeah. get that you wouldn't have that anywhere near the, the subs benches and stuff, but maybe it's the sort of thing that the league could look at relaxing the rules on, for, even for the short term, to allow social distancing, but also. 
it's a great opportunity for East Five to, to really trial that out because there's been a lot of discussion on our Twitter feed and people um, at East 538 at Lillian underscore Sky two of the people that have mentioned that to us and then another lad there just now actually all screaming about the terrace and because with all due respect Bayview is bound to be one of the, the worst atmospheres in Scottish football yeah. um, and I think that that is solely down to the the stand um, the way it, the way it's laid out. Yeah, well, um, the sound doesn't carry well. Yeah, I think that if we could look at even just from a temporary point of view, it might be something for the club to take forward about relaxing the rules because um, we've definitely got the space behind the pitch, particularly with the plastic pitch now that we could look at doing that. The only thing is, obviously, you then got increased costs assured in, but it might allow for the actual fans to come through the gate. So that was something that I, I thought was worthwhile mentioning. Um, yeah. And I'm going to give it a shout out to, to Stevie Gill today who they wanted me to bring up about the young Fifers when they played there and reminded me of scoring a, a halfway line goal against Stirling and also saving three penalties in the same game. A halfway line goal um, came from when I was a goalkeeper and tried to bring out the ball. Um, so there you go. People that are friends of mine that listen to this podcast won't believe me because I'm absolutely terrible at football. <laughs> but hand, hand on heart, that happened. So cheers for, for that comment, Stevie. The thing, thing about having like a barrier around the pitch there'd have to be enough room to let fans move about to go to toilets or pie stands and stuff without then getting too close to other fans. And that, that, that's the big, big problem. It's It all depends, I guess, how much of community coronavirus spread there is by that time. Because yeah. if, it, if there's not much, you've got a lot more scope for having people closer together. But if there is still a, a, a dangerous spread and you still have to keep six feet apart, I think it's going to make it difficult to have people moving around. That, that's the, the big, big issue, whether standing or not. If, if the money was there to make Bayview have like the, the safe seating, the safe standing, so it can yeah. get turned into seats or whatever, that would be great. Obviously, that's expensive, and a club like East Fife might not be able to afford that. There's always been talk that they were going to build another stand, and I don't know if that talk is still around or whatever, but... I do like the idea of having some kind of terracing if you could get the fans in. Because the danger is, if we play closed-door games, fans will still turn up at, at certain grounds. And East Fife's one of them, where you can stand on the mound and maybe not see but, everything, but you can see... Some... The solar panels on it, you've maybe not seen that. But there's, oh, there's so that you, I saw the solar panels, but you, so you can't even stand there at all now. Oh, well, that's I fine. Think, I don't think you'd be able to get away with that now. You know, I remember in the days uh, that the, the mound protests and stuff, people bringing step ladders and, and standing on top of ladders and stuff so we could still watch the game. You know, people would be creative yeah. um, in terms of how they get their football fix. I think that, that there's no two ways about that. But uh, what my concern is, is if you get in the habit and not go into the football, it then gets very easily to not go back. Yeah, um, that's the danger. It's, I mean, that's always been the danger. Folk find other things to do but also coming I so many folks furloughed they're like we're both furloughed from our jobs at the moment so money yeah. becomes tighter and it's like folks priorities are going to change as to what they want to spend money on yeah i think for me if, if the club you know i know that the the rules just now are being relaxed about saturday football being able to be broadcasted live you know if it was me i would be happy to say look there's my say because obviously we're not getting the in-game action but if it's five pounds I'd be happy to chuck a fiver. Yeah. Even if, I, like, obviously working in retail, I don't get to see a lot of 
the, the Saturday games. But if it, if it was a five and then I got to watch the whole game later on when mm. I got in, I'd be happy to pay it, and then it's money directly into the club. Um, if you've got, uh, you know, we've got some depending on how the league format reconstruction worked if it happened, but if you've got Falkirk fans or Rovers fans or Dunfermline fans or whoever we've got in our league, they all chip in a fiver each and they're getting to pay it, then you're still getting the revenue into the club. So that's definitely a way that we can look at that. You know, say for example, if they would have filled the away end at 500 times five quid, you know, it's still good money coming into the club. Yeah, I mean, clubs are just going to have to be a lot more creative and inventive. And I, I mean, it's up to the fans as well to lead the way on that and suggest what they would want. And I know teams like East Fife will be, be keen to listen. So keep those suggestions coming. And yeah, keep the suggestions coming in. Anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to hear on the show, just let us know. I, I guess that is it for this first episode. Just before we go, Lee, let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah, um, you find me on Twitter very, very easily, VG1903, or Lee Gillis on Facebook if you're wanting to um, send me a message with anything to do with the, the podcast. But I prefer Twitter, um, obviously try and keep it all in the same format. The format. And again, the, the podcast on Twitter is podcast underscore EF. And where can they find the Facebook page? Just very, very simply found on Facebook, Glory Days of Gold. That's fantastic. You can find me on Twitter if you want, at AFTN Canada. That's the one I use most of the time. The UK site also still has AFTN website, so you can give us a follow on that. That is going to become a lot more active. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. The next time we're back, we're going to have an interview for us, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's gonna stay with you for life.